welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Oh, yes. Thank you, big voice in the sky. Yes, it is the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. I'm Chip Patterson. Joining me, Barton Simmons. Barton, what's up? NFL draft in the books. Uh, Most of our our spring practices are wrapped up. Uh, We got some draft talk coming for you today. Uh, Of course, some of our our thoughts on this past NFL draft as we saw the college football players move on. Uh, Already looking ahead to 2019 because... If, if you're watching, you know, CBS Sports HQ, then you're seeing Barton Simmons. You're seeing Chip Patterson. We're being asked about it. You got to have takes. How, how do you feel like you've got your 2019 takes sharpened yet, Barton? My 20, my, my 2019 draft takes. Is yeah. that specifically what we're talking here? Yes. Uh, I, no, 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 no. But that's, <laughs> yes. but, but that's what's, that's what's so fun is that like at this point in the process, there's there's really no telling what direction it'll go, which makes it which makes it enjoyable. Like I remember, so we have a I have you know we have our our, our yearly man dinner right, like with my my bunch of my buddies around Christmas time. We sort of have our like all right, this is the one time we know we can we'll, you know we got the free reign from the wife, like we can get out and go to have a steak dinner. And there's like 15 guys that go, and and every year we sort of make these predictions, and we go around the table, and everyone makes their you know answers a question and whoever gets the most questions writes then you know when they circle around to the following year gets their dinner paid for and one of the questions this year was is baker mayfield going to be a first round draft pick in this draft this was back in december he had what i he'd already won the heisman i think yeah uh, you know early december uh and so it's like everyone knew how good he was and I, i feel like at least half Maybe a little less than half said no. He's not going to be a first-round draft pick, um, just because he still has that sort of Manziel stigma. He's still a small quarterback, and you you know you get to the you know you get to uh, April and he's number one overall. So that's just three months removed, and people that follow sports are still not really clear on who's going to be the highly regarded quarterback. So I think when you talk about the NFL draft from a year out, it's it's so fun to do because it it really. There's no telling, and it's it's fun to kind of circle back and see where our head was at, the, you know, a, a year before. Number one, it's awesome. I hope that you call it uh, the man dinner, like on your group text organizing. Like you guys ready that, for man dinner? That, that, that's that's actually our our uh, our group tre- text thread throughout oh, the year. It's just the man dinner thread. That's incredible. All right, number two, uh, how many like how many other questions do you think that you got right right now? Like, how are you feeling in terms of your chances of getting dinner paid for? This year, I haven't. I, I'm. I've. I haven't gotten dinner paid for um, yet. I don't think I'm not very good at the questions. Uh, a lot of them. See, you might be better than me. Like, there's often like a couple golf questions in there, mm. and I'm not a golf guy. So those are like those are those are easy L's for me. Um, you know, there's there there's 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 usually a, a couple of political questions in there, and. Uh, you know, I I I bend a little more a little more left than the rest of the crew, and so you know they had a good year on that front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got um, you. <laughs> so you know, it's it's uh, but I can't I can't remember the whole you know the 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 top to bottom questions, but uh, you know if it's anything like the past few years, I'm I'm not going to do that great. The uh the thing that was so interesting is like the man dinner probably did take place before the um. <clears throat> before the Rose Bowl and one of the biggest takeaways you know as soon as the NFL draft is done all of the insiders have found this this wonderful little marketplace for like just dumping out their notebooks like stuff that GMs and NFL insiders had told reporters but they said but you can't report any of this uh don't say any of this until the draft is over your Mortensons your Peter Kings and there was a big time uh, reception. Like I feel like a lot of NFL scouts and a lot of NFL front office personnel people just just drooled over that Rose Bowl. Um, and it's and it is the Georgia players. It is Baker Mayfield. Um, and and this was an interesting takeaway. Just already 
I can just see the NFL owners and general managers drooling over the idea of Lincoln Riley. And it's so funny because Bob Stoops forever had his name rumored uh, for for NFL jobs. And it's like Lincoln Riley, so young, uh, but already such a hot name, not only in college, but at the NFL level as well. Yeah, play, play design. That's a big. That's a big, uh, big noun that uh, is being thrown around. Lincoln Riley, man, great play design. Uh, just, I mean, he's apparently like all these NFL teams are clinicking there and 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 going. We're not, you know, just visiting to to learn and pick the brain of 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 the young Lincoln. Uh, and and it's in a way you wonder. I mean, I guess you know it's been thrown around in part. Uh, about Baker Mayfield's evaluation is like, was he just working with sort of a, a stacked deck with Lincoln Riley calling the plays there? Um, but it's got to make you feel great if you're a Texas fan or an Oklahoma fan, rather. And and it's it's got to make you feel great, especially after that spring game where you know Kyler Murray just sort of looked okay and and Austin Kendall looked looked you know pretty sound. Um, you know, I wonder if if some Oklahoma fans would just say let's roll with Austin Kendall and let Lincoln Riley win us of the games instead of trying to let Kyler Murray run around and, and win it for us like I, there's uh I, I really do think Lincoln Riley appears to be sort of the premier offensive mind in, in, in college football right now so if I'm an Oklahoma fan though I'm nervous because I'm thinking that uh with the success that McVay had with the Rams uh, and certainly Cleveland Browns not uh, like I, I don't think Hugh Jackson's going to be around for the next like three or four years. I'd be nervous that Cleveland's going to try to get that Lincoln Baker revival going in <laughs> Cleveland. I haven't taken it there. I hadn't thought through that far. Uh, I, I don't, Lincoln to me just feels like a college football guy. I know. But but I don't know. Maybe I mean, I, I think he's got a lot he wants to probably accomplish in the college football scene before he starts looking over his shoulder at the NFL and I think and he's so young that he's got plenty of time to 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 get there so if I'm Oklahoma fan I'm I'm enjoying the uh the golden era that is is approaching and upon you because they're recruiting really well too and they recruited a bunch of really good defensive players in last year's class I think that some of those guys will contribute as true freshmen and they're recruiting a loaded offensive class this year, particularly a wide receiver, and and so that's they're going to restock the the cupboard there. So I I really honestly believe that this is a uh, this is about to be a really special kind of stretch here for Oklahoma. Sam Darnold goes ahead of Josh Rosen. He goes number three to the Jets. Uh, I always felt like you were pulling me in the direction of being higher on Darnold than I would be coming into our conversations. Uh, what, what do you think about the, uh, the big, goofy 20-year-old on his way to, uh, to New York City? Yeah, the, the way I, the, I really wrestled with the quarterbacks throughout the process, and ultimately I landed on Darnold 1, Mayfield 2, Rosen 3 for me, and probably Lamar Jackson 4. Um, but but I, I think, look, the, what's – I've already seen what Darnold is, is – he's, he's supposed to be a starter now up there. Is that the deal? I would uh, – I think so. I mean, uh, what do they have, Bryce Petty and Christian Hackenberg? I mean, those two guys aren't – are they both – if they haven't been waived yet, I don't assume they will be on the Jets roster this So fall. that's my concern. Like I would have I, – I, I, I think Darnold would have worked better at the Browns where Tyrod Taylor is going to be a, a comfortable first-year starter – uh, and and let him learn. Like I don't know that he's he's sort of just add water, fresh out of the packaging, ready to go. Uh, I, I really think he's got the most upside, but but I, I still I'm still bullish on him. But like I would rather him be in a position where he could sit for a year. But I know that's unrealistic these days. Yeah, um, it, it's because we are going to be talking about 2019 quarterbacks here in a second. Uh, we got Rosen goes to the Cardinals, Allen to Buffalo, and Lamar Jackson, as you just mentioned, he goes to the Ravens. Uh, between those three, which of those fits do you think is a better chance for success for the player? Uh, Danny Etling to the Patriots is probably the one I go. <laughs> That's my guy, Danny Etling <laughs> to the Pats. That was that was like redemption for me. So I when Danny Etling transferred from Purdue to LSU. I said, I like went on the LSU 24-7 sports message board 
And I was like, this guy, you know, no one's talking about him. It was a, it was a sort of throw-in transfer. But you guys, LSU is going to be a better team because of this kid, and he's got legitimate NFL potential. And he beat out uh, uh, our boy who was the quarterback before Etling. Uh, he beat out. Oh, why am I blanking on the quarterback before Etling? Um, anyways, he took the he took the over the starting job at LSU. From Brennan? No, you're not talking about Brennan. From who? No, not Miles Brennan. No, I'm talking about when he first won the starting job uh, last year, you know, 2016. Um, and and that they were they were a better team. They were a better team because of him. And he wasn't perfect. And he wasn't perfect last year either. Um, you know, he had he had some wide eyes against Alabama at times, but they were a better team. And 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 yet still like I. When I would defend Danny Etling as when they struggled and said like this, this isn't really on Danny Etling that they're not like playing great offensive football, I, you know LSU fans would throw it in my face that I was like this Danny Etling sort of apologist. And here we are in the NFL draft, and Bill Belichick says, you know what, I want the kid from LSU, uh, and I, I think I, I don't think he's going to be Tom Brady. I don't think he's ever even going to be a starter in the NFL, but I, I think he could stick around for a few years as a backup and. Um, and I've, I've, that, that, that gives me a little bit of, uh, uh, sweet redemption for that, for some of the heat I took for defending Etling. But anyways, Brandon Harris, Brandon Harris. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. He beat, he he beat out North Carolina Tar Heels all-star Brandon, Brandon Harris. (laughs) That's, (laughs) that's been proven to be not all that impressive of a feat considering what Brandon Harris did at North Carolina. And that was another one when Brandon Harris went to North Carolina, I was like, you know, like this was, yeah, you know, this is uh, good fit offensively. Should have always been in a spread. Like this could be like <laughs> the, the, the opportunity Brandon Harris needs. And nah, that didn't work. Nah. That was not. That was not as good of a. My Etling call was better than my Brandon Harris call. Um. All right. So as we're starting to look ahead, uh, to the one of the things that I think made quarterbacks. Uh, and I, this is not my original thought. This has been a point a lot of people made. But one of the reasons why uh, the quarterbacks were a particularly big deal this year is that, uh, and I agree with this, there's a big drop-off in terms of the apparent, because a lot can change about our opinions for these quarterbacks, but there is an apparent drop-off uh, as we look ahead to the 2019 NFL draft class, where we had players like Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, Lamar Jackson, I mean, the, the last two Heisman Trophy winners, um, you know, Sam Darnold. Uh, now we are looking at uh, like what, seven, eight win SEC quarterbacks as the ceiling? Yeah, yes. I mean, I mean it's a. It's it's a fascinating group. It's it's there's there's some talented guys in there, and uh, and I think people are forgetting. I, I do think in some cases there's there's some um, you know people are are misremembering. All right, so it's Darnold was Darnold and Rosen for sure, like those two, and I guess Josh. All right, so that we had there were three, and and there are three quarterbacks that were pretty safe bets this at this point last year that you had to feel pretty comfortable about. I think Baker Mayfield didn't really emerge as a real first-round candidate until his Heisman Trophy run. Lamar Jackson was always just an intriguing guy. Uh, and then the rest of the names are just sort of depth fillers, even up to Mason Rudolph. Uh, and so, yes, this group is not that um, in 2019. But I think there's some potential for some guys to step into the role and 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 become like first round prototypes, first round locks. Like I think it's a there there there's there's some fun projections to be made with starting group. with Northwestern quarterback Clayton Thorson. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> I I've already seen a 2019 mock with him in it at 14. I'm telling you, dude. I was I'm a. I, I'm not. I can't. I can't pound my chest on that until it happens. Because frankly, his his uh, junior season was a little bit like it. I wanted him to take a little bit bigger step forward than he did. But he's big. He's strong. He's athletic. He's got a huge arm. And and uh, you know he. I, so Thorson, uh, absolutely, could be could become 
an NFL first round quarterback. And I think probably whoever is the first rounder out of this crew is is a default first rounder. Like it's not I think someone's going to back into the first round out of this out of this class. But I am I am curious like so your thoughts on some of these guys. So all right. Are you let's let's start with Clayton Thorson. You know I'm buying it. Right. You know as a projection as a, not necessarily as what he's done so far but as a, all right. Given the way this projection has gone, given the way this trajectory has gone with Clayton Thorson, senior season could be a breakout year for him and and propel him into the first round of the NFL draft. Are you buying it? No, I'm not buying it. No, I, I think – I don't know if I – and part of that is me not buying uh, like a supposed step forward. Like I, I am a right. I am a need to see it uh, – I need to see it with Clayton Thorson. And, and he could not take a step forward and still uh, – he could still do all the things to look like a quarterback and still end up uh, somehow being a first-round quarterback. Even, even – he could not be – a first or second team all Big Ten quarterback and still be a first round NFL draft selection. I'm I'm right. definitely entertaining that right. that potential, but I don't think I am not willing to bet right now on a big step forward for Thorson the next season. I mean the I I didn't get a chance to see him as a prospect and so I don't have a good uh a good idea for you know, his trajectory, but I, you know, there are smarter, smarter evaluators who, who certainly have. I'm, <laughs> I just found myself laughing out loud at some short to intermediate passing routes from Clayton Thorson over the last two years. <laughs> All right. Fair. But like, I think there's two keys to the Clayton Thorson argument. One is how does Josh Allen do this year? Hmm. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this could Clayton Thorson could be sort of that Josh Allen, like look the looks like a quarterback, quarterback, and is Josh Allen just the next Christian Hackenberg to where like it's like it's time to start like you know quarterbacks are just need to start looking different because the those guys have, have not cut it. And then uh, the other thing I'm curious about is on the spectrum of arm talent, where is Clayton Thorson? Because I didn't. I mean, we all knew Josh Allen was big and strong and had a good arm, but it wasn't really until we started creeping toward you know once we really got into the NFL draft run up that you know we realized that oh everyone's you know Clayton um, Josh Allen has an 80 yard arm and oh my goodness how can you pass up that size and that arm it's like it's like all right okay well if that's if, if those are your decision making points then all right it's like does Clayton Thorson have that kind of an arm I just think he has a strong arm I, don't, I have no reason to believe he has a Josh Allen arm yet but uh let's let's you know let's see what happens there so all right so you're giving a no to Clayton Thorson correct how about let's go with Auburn's own Jarrett Stidham and he's he could actually come back another year after this right he's this is just as this will be his junior season redshirt junior season and is he it, it, sat out like he he's uh he did one year at Baylor and then he sat out then he played yeah so yeah, yeah yeah he could have one more year yeah so now he could have left. He could have left this year too, as mm-hmm. a you know, as a sophomore, three years removed. But uh, I think he's, if I'm not mistaken, he's got another year in there. So, so are you buying Jarrett Stidham as a first rounder? Yes, uh, I think Stidham's a first rounder. He's he is not. If we're power ranking uh, the 2019 quarterbacks, I don't have him as my number one. But I, I certainly could see him being a first rounder. I, I think that as particularly as there there is a little bit more of a, a blend or a meshing or an understanding of of what Stidham can do within the confines of of the Auburn offense and as as they you know as what they learned from the back half of last season when Auburn really turned it on and uh, figured out ways to to utilize his arm talent and his playmaking ability. Like I, I certainly could see uh, within the landscape of the, the quarterback class next year that he's, he's the one that you look at and you're like, man, that's uh, you know, he looks good. Um, and I, I, I think that ultimately what will determine whether Jarrett Stidham gets to uh, flirt with 
uh, being up in the like top five because I because right now I. I'm not great at understanding the the numbers of the draft picks, but it feels, for whatever that means, it feels like Jarrett Stidham is a really solid 10 to 15 for me right now. If he was a right. top five draft pick, you could you then I believe that he probably looked awesome and proved to be the best quarterback in uh, the SEC. But, I mean, it's going to be tough for him to do that when you look at some of the other quarterbacks that they got out there, including, uh, you know, you're you're going to be measured against Tua Tagovailoa. You know, you're going right. to be measure, measured against Drew Locke. Like, it's, it's going to be tough for him uh, to separate himself. But if he does, then, yeah, I could see him being the first quarterback taken. Yeah, that's a good point on the, you know, how, how can you take him as like a – a number one quarterback, a, t- a first round pick when Tua Tagovailoa is going to look so much better in the same year. That's right. sort of, obviously that's, we don't even know that's going to be the case, but that's my expectation. Uh, but I, I agree with you. I think he is a, he, he is a back into the first round kind of guy to give you an idea. I mean, in high school, I had him as our number one ranked quarterback in the class over Josh Rosen. He was one Rosen was two. He was the be- top dual threat. Rosen was the top pro style. And part of the reason I like him, like he played wide receiver as a sophomore in high school. He played basketball in high school. He's still developing in a lot of ways. So I, I, I'm also sort of hoping that we get something out of Chip Lindsey and, uh, and Gus Malzahn from a development standpoint. Like I think some, some of this is on their shoulders to develop this guy. He's, he, you know, he needed to get a little stronger. I think he's gotten there. He's, he's, he, I think he looked a lot more comfortable last year late in the year than in the earliest part of the season and I just think um you know this is going to be they've got sort of a running back uh by committee it looks like this year no no true bell cow back there so this is his year to to step up and be that guy I think they need him to be so uh I think that because of that's going to be asked of him I think there's a an opportunity and a chance he really sort of um, steps into those shoes and fills them well. So I, I am sort of a soft, I'm a soft yes on this one. On him being a first rounder period. Right. Yeah. Right. Cause I, I are, uh, the, I've, I've seen him mocked top 10, like, and that was another one where I was like, Ooh, I don't know about that. <laughs> like, like I, I understand that players need quarterbacks. And again, you could convince me that maybe he is, in that conversation for one of the top spots, but I, are you going to like pass up? Um, what are you, are you going to pass up a Trey Adams to take Jarrett Stidham? Are you going to pass up an Ed Oliver or a Dexter Lawrence or a Christian Wilkins? Like I just, I see way too many big boys that make me happy in this draft class to think that a quarterback is worth it. Yeah. But you know, man, every year those, those NFL teams, trick themselves into picking some <laughs> quarterback way too high. Um, uh, do, all right. you, do you have – where do you want to go next? All right. How about give me give me a, a buy-in or not on – well, Drew Locke. Buy it. There. Yeah, that's an easy yes. And I've been – look, I, I, I don't know whether I was right or wrong in my preseason optimism on Missouri. Like, I think I was right in the sense that their record ended up looking pretty good. There were some ugly stretches there. They beat up on some bad teams. But I think ultimately last season was a success with Missouri. So I don't know how much we should um, how much we should you know listen to my, my Missouri sources. But my Missouri sources have me kind of kind of feeling like this this, this offensive coordinator hire from Derek Dooley is 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 a pretty good hire, not a bad hire. Like he's, he has basically incorporated all this, his favorite pro style concepts and, and sort of taken what they're already doing and, 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 and really sort of creating this offense that's, that's very quarterback friendly and yet has a lot of pro style elements to it. Um, and, and I think that's exactly what Drew Locke needs. Like in some ways, it's almost as if they hi- made, a, made a coaching hire that, that was going to benefit their quarterback like that. I think he's got to feel really good about what they did on that front. Uh, He's going to be much more prepared than he was otherwise. And so, yes, I think 
that's a long answer to saying I, I, I think probably to me right now Drew Locke is sort of the leader in the well. There's another. One yeah, I, I got another one. I'm I'm between <laughs> yeah. I'm between Locke and one other guy, and Locke to me has already shown that he can sling it. You know, and yeah. and this is the interesting thing uh, when you talk about in, putting in those pro style elements is that's only going to help his NFL draft stock because then that helps him shed the system quarterback label or, right. you know, the idea that, uh, oh, yeah, well, he only put up those ridiculous numbers because they were bad. Like if if he all of a sudden starts to put together uh, the total package and if if Missouri and like I, you mentioned something after the Dooley hire. And I, you know, we, there are a lot of people who are very, very, very skeptical of, uh, bringing in Derek Dooley to run the offense at Missouri. But I thought you made a great point that the defensive staff has to be happy to see the idea that some pro style elements might be coming in. And with him already proven that he can put up the big numbers and he can sling it around in a wide open offense, if he then pairs that with uh, some pro style tape and like one or two wins better, I don't even think they need to like contend in the SEC East. They just, if they finish eight and four at the end of the regular season, then this is like Drew, Drew Locke is, is probably the number one guy because I expect if they finish two wins better, he's been a big part of it and he's been a big part of it in a way that hasn't required him uh, to put up big yards storming back from a big deficit. Agreed. Yeah. And, and, and I think that they're going to be much improved on the defensive line. I think that they've got a really good offensive line. And so there's like, they can win games in more than just shootouts and I think if Drew Locke can just manage that and just be more than a deep ball chucker, yeah, I think NFL teams are going to like that. So, all right, we're in agreement on Drew Locke. Uh, how about the big dog from Oregon, Justin Herbert? Oh, good, great question. Um, I'm not buying it yet, but I've got a lot more confidence that he could be uh, – like he could be the player who no one is is really talking about quite yet in the off season or coming into the year, and then by the end of the year he ends up being a top five pick. Like this is the guy, Drew Locke. Even to a certain degree, is is I have a hard time putting him in the top five pick bucket. First rounder feels like he's he's trending in that direction, but top five pick bucket is is a hard place for me to go. But Justin Herbert, look, he may not go. This is the one that could go undrafted or number one overall. I mean, I think there's that wide of a variance here. and But I think I, I'm, I'm leaning more towards number one overall. I mean, he's six foot six. He's 230 pounds. He's, you know, he is athletic and he's got a big arm. I, I think this is go. If I had a sort of. He's got to stay healthy. Got to stay healthy. But I think if, if, if you're putting odds on who will be. Uh, there will be a number one quarterback taken overall in this class uh, in the next year's NFL draft. Like this is the guy I would put my money on as the most likely number one overall. Mm. I so here's the with Mario Cristobal taking over. Um, you know you're losing Royce Freeman. The the Oregon outlook. Like I don't think Justin Herbert's future is tied to or, directly to Oregon's future. I think Justin Herbert could ball out. Oregon could be a pretty good Pac-12 North team, not contend for a Pac-12 title. Justin Herbert ends up capitalizing on some of that pro future. I how how much of from a college only perspective, maybe not within the NFL draft, are you expecting a a big year like kind of a, a almost what would be probably? I mean, you know, there's there is it is hard for Pac-12 superstars to resonate throughout the country. Do you think Justin Herbert flies below the radar and is awesome, or do you think that this is a this is the kind of thing where everybody is going to know Justin Herbert's name by November first? Uh, I don't know about everyone's going to know his name by November first because it, there is a there is a Pac a Pac-12 um, uh, and a Pac-12 like national sort of. 
bias. Uh, the bias is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Like it's, it's, I do think people forget about them out there who are casual football fans. Um, and so I'm, I, I don't know. Like I think that they didn't have a lot of depth at receiver last year. Obviously, they've got a um, a coaching staff that's had some turnover. Uh, I don't necessarily think he's going to be in the Heisman race if this is if you know. But like I think. It's more likely he's number one overall than it is he wins the Heisman. Does that answer your question? Yeah, 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 for sure. Because you know, I think I could see him. I could I could definitely see him flying under the radar as just a really good Pac-12 quarterback. And then you know once once we start getting to draft season, uh, the the buzz builds on just how talented he really is. Um, is Will Greer the other guy that you're trying to uh, put up against Drew Locke for leader in the clubhouse? No, Justin Herbert is pro. But, but, well, those are, to me, those are the three. Justin Herbert, Drew Locke, and Will Greer. Is Will Greer your other guy? Yeah. I've got, I've got Will Greer as my number one right now. Yeah. At the moment. I, I, I think that when, uh, when you combine what we have been able to see with him, which is being a, a very talented and successful college quarterback with the chance that he's going to have next year, I mean, he's, what he's the best quarterback in the Big Twelve as we stand as we stand right now, looking at twenty eighteen, um, and he's gonna ha- be one of the the first players that you're gonna get a chance to to look at or look to as one of college football stars, and you know he's got David Sills there, and West Virginia is gonna have a chance to to be a really fun team, and if you know if he plays at his best then he's going to be like one of the passing leaders and one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And so I, I think all that, uh, when you include the pedigree and then all of a sudden the PED suspension is, you know, overcoming obstacles off the field, you know how this goes, you know, we can a hundred percent The the PED suspension will end up being a a a positive, positive (laughs) overcame adversity, bounced back, like there, that that will be no knock on him, and I and I'm I'm I agree with everything on that. I mean, I, I'm a hard yes on Will Greer being a a first round candidate, and uh, you know, again, if I were to sort of make my pick right now, I, I would say I would say Herbert Greer and Locke are are the first rounders in next year's class. That would be my my early prediction. Um, where but wh- there's a but there's a couple other guys I do want to still get your thoughts yeah. on. Uh, are we saying where where's are you where are you on the Shea Patterson spectrum? Not uh I'm not buying that Shea Patterson at Michigan is the Shea Patterson being at Michigan might get him in the NFL in a way that playing at Ole Miss might not have. I'm not buying that Shea Patterson at Michigan is going to dramatically change the consistency of the quarterback play for the Wolverines. Yeah. I, I yeah. All right, so here's I'm going to say I bet you what happens is Shea Patterson plays in Michigan this year. Here's my prediction. He has a he has a good not spectacular season. He 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 needs another year and with another year in college, he would be a first round draft pick, but he doesn't play the extra year, so we go. He he leaves, and he is like a second or third round pick. That's my very very specific prediction on Shea Patterson. But do you think that's a successful? Like, like do you see him? Uh, like in in that idea, then he ends up being a backup quarterback. And if you're rooting for Shea Patterson, then that extra time to develop, and particularly that extra year to develop in the NFL gives him even more advantages when he has a realistic shot at becoming a starter in the NFL. Uh, yeah, that's an interesting like perspective on it though. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, 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 so I you're think, not buying Shea Patterson either. All right. Well, let's just, okay. I mean, we were going to talk about this later, but we might as well get into this. All right. So Shea Patterson has been granted eligibility mm-hmm. for this year. Um, I think he'll win the starting job. Do you think he'll win the starting job? Yes. I mean, the, clearly, like the Michigan coaching staff is 
is very. I'm team Brandon Peters, but I do think that Shea Patterson the, wins. The wins. Michigan, <laughs> the Michigan coaching staff clearly prioritizes um, your your vocalness in the locker room and in the huddle, and uh, Brandon Peters is just does not quite have the mental the the demeanor. Demeanor is a big emphasis in that coaching staff, and and Shea Patterson has the demeanor that Brandon Peters doesn't have. Uh, I don't. I'm not necessarily 100% sold right now that Shea Patterson, his first year in the offense, would be b- better at this point than Brandon Peters heading into year three. But we didn't get a chance to see them in the spring game. Uh, you know, news is a little bit hard to come by out of Ann Arbor. Yeah. Um, so I'll tell I, you the one guarantee is we're we're sure uh, we're sure as hell not going to know officially who it is until the first team offense takes the field with the ball set at the 25. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, so assume it, look, if I think Shea Patterson's more talented than Brandon Peters, um, I, like Shea Patterson wasn't always a, in some ways the old miss offense looked better under Jordan Tomu. Uh, I mean, he 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 played more than the offense. Now I don't know whether they had the offensive line was in better shape at that point, uh, or or what. But Shea Patterson would just sort of run for his life a little bit. Uh, I would imagine he'll be, um, you know, he'll have a little bit more structured coaching, uh, a little more structured system, and and maybe that plays to Shea Patterson. Uh, more effectively like that like when when his escapability is a plan b instead of a plan a i think that you know we could maybe see him really start to shine so i think where i fall with shea patterson is he he wins the starting job and he has a good year but i'm not necessarily buying shea patterson as like a heisman trophy contender as like the face of michigan football you know, I, I still think I still think this this is a defensive team that just needs a quarterback that doesn't screw it up. And, and I, I think Shea Patterson is fully competent and capable of not screwing things up. Has there been uh, anything that you would consider strong? Like, I don't I don't know if there's been a uh, I don't know if I've had confidence in the Michigan quarterback play since Denard Robinson. Yeah, which, and the fact that that's like the guy, the name you go to. It's not like he was. I mean, I guess he 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 was a unique talent. Like yeah, you know, as yeah. as we saw with him being able to you know continue in the NFL uh, even after the position switch. But man, like that's like that the the Florida because it's going back to a Heisman Trophy winner because it's going back to Tim Tebow. Like the the Florida drought uh, has been. Uh, a bit a big easy storyline but as it continues certainly more and more intriguing and it plays into the hiring of Dan Mullen the Michigan drought especially given the you know the reputation and the expectations for Jim Harbaugh has made like that that has taken away from my reaction my would be reaction to Shea Patterson becoming immediately eligible at Michigan if this is Harbaugh coming right off the 49ers then maybe I'm in my head being like, "Ooh, buddy, here we go, Michigan, Absolutely. Big Ten." Yeah, champions. you're right. No, the yeah, the fact that the shine is 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 off Harbaugh a little bit, I think changes things. If if you're you're 100, I'm I'm with you there. Like if this was Harbaugh three years ago, we're sitting here like, "Holy cow, buckle <laughs> yes. up, everybody!" <laughs> Harbaugh's got him a quarterback, but no, I'm 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 with you. So it'll it'll be a fascinating year. But I'll say this, I am. If if Shea Patterson were not at Michigan this year, I would still have confidence in their quarterback play because I still think Brandon Peters is an under undervalued, underappreciated talent. Um, so the fact that he's not not you know that, that that this is now looking like it's probably gonna be Shea Patterson's team, um, you know I think that's probably if if Shea's better than him then then I think the Michigan's better off for it obviously but it it'll be interesting. And so, I and like I don't mean this as a knock to the the many other starting quarterbacks that have had success but like the last 5 years have shown that you don't need to be the best quarterback in the country or even close to win the Big 10. Like look at Wisconsin, look at Ohio yeah. State, uh Michigan yeah. State, like it's 
If the reasons to like Michigan are for me positions other than the quarterback position, and recent Big Ten history has shown that you don't need to get the outstanding Heisman Trophy winning quarterback play to be able to win in that conference. Michigan's going to be good this year. Tariq yeah. Black's back. Donovan Field Jones a year older. You know the the defense will be be loaded. If I mean they're going to be good this year. Have you watched the Amazon Michigan series yet? Not yet. I still haven't gotten a chance to dig it. All in. right. All right. Well, here's the 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 uh, spoiler uh, thumbnail preview of it is this. It's all about inept quarterback play. Oh, it's boy. like they should just they should just retitle it just like a season with inept quarterback play. It's it's John O'Corn and Wilton Spate just being bad quarterbacks. And they, you know, they they go behind the scenes with these guys and they're, you know, hey, I, you root for them and they're they're battling and they're giving it their all, but it's just bad quarterback play and the whole time there's this kid Brandon Peters sitting there who doesn't even get a sniff until both those guys get hurt. And he goes in, and they're clearly a better team. And so I just think give him an opportunity, and he would still be in pretty good shape too. But anyways, out, off the shape Patterson here, there, there's still a couple names I want to throw at you. Um, we'll go through some rapid fire, but before we go rapid fire, I want to get your, 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 your full-throated take on Nick Fitzgerald. Oh, Give him to me. Let's go. Yeah, you there with him? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, and I don't, I don't think like again, if if we're playing those uh, those online props about like where someone gets taken, uh, then I'm I'm not like willing to say that he's going to go. I'm I'm throwing Nick Fitzgerald on my uh, on my Logan Woodside uh, board where I'm like, man, I don't know. I I think he could be good. And uh, like I, th- I think he looks like the kind of backup quarterback that can come in, and your starter gets hurt, and he's gonna win four games in a row, and that's gonna get you to the playoffs. And that's the kind of like I love those quarterbacks because uh, like maybe there are limitations, but if given a, a specific task, uh, they can. They can keep it going, and I I think Nick Fitzgerald is great. I don't I don't think he's going to do uh, enough to be able to wow uh, the combine, I guess, or you know the people who are looking for you know what you look like. But man, especially like I don't think there's going to be any drop off with Joe Moorhead coming o- over after Dan Mullen yeah. left. Um, yeah, I'm I'm in I'm in on Nick Fitzgerald. Yeah, I, I, this is a tough one because I do think he's he is. I mean, he's big and tall. He's got a huge arm. He's he's athletic. He'll have a big year, I think, under Joe Moorhead. I agree, though. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure his receiving core is. That's the one area I'm a little bit worried about in Mississippi State. But his his delivery is funky, man. Like that's you don't see many NFL quarterbacks that that, that throw it like him. And that's one of my that's sort of my hesitation. I think he'll be a. I don't think he'll be a first rounder. I'm a I'm a soft no on that one. But I think he'll be. I, but it would not shock me if, as the draft approaches, um, he starts to get get that kind of momentum. Uh, I talked to a coach that trained him a little bit in the off season who, who thinks he's the first rounder. So, like, there's that there's that perception out there for sure. Um, but but I, I this will be this will be a fascinating year. Coming off an injury, Joe Moorhead, uh, vertical offense. You know, you know who needs to take him. Is the the Carolina Panthers as a, as a mini Cam? Yeah, Cam backup, run the same offense. Yeah, he's he's got you know it, it's that's not a bad comparison. I mean, he's our RPOs and push it vertically down the field. Like that's those yeah. are the those are the things that Cam Newton has done the best, in my opinion, as a professional quarterback. Uh, Nick Fitzgerald can do all that. Um, that's not a bad. Uh, yeah, I don't hate that. Um, all right, so. I got a couple more names. We can do rapid fire on these, okay? And and your options are sort of like when we would see, you know, when 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 I was in college, like when we would see girls, basically uh, the way we would judge them is hard no, soft no, soft yes, hard yes. Okay. So you've got you've got four options here. Okay. Uh, all right. Brett Rippin at Boise State. Uh, soft no. I'm with you there. Soft I, no. I love the pedigree. 
love a good yeah. love a good pedigree but uh and and I know the NFL loves a good pedigree but I'm I'm not all the way in Daniel I mean, Jones at Duke Hold on one more point Montreal Cozart did like kind of beat him out at points <laughs> Yeah like yeah due to injury and then but like after the injury weren't they it was basically it was kind of like a two quarterback system after that almost Yeah that's what I'm saying like there were times yeah. where they felt more confident in Cozart than uh than Rippin and that's that's alarming <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and and these to be clear, these these project this is we're still talking develop into a first round guy. So all these guys I think could hey, they could they could get the Danny Edling treatment and let him be seventh rounders or whatever. But this is these are guys we think could develop into first round guys. So that's that's what you're that's what you're grading with your answer. All right, soft no. Soft no. All right, Daniel Jones Duke. Soft yes. I'm with you there too. Soft yes. I still think when you when you watch him, like in games, when he rips one off, or when he when he, you know, runs his own read or something, like he's got some of the most unique athleticism and most unique arm talent to me, out there, and he just doesn't seem to have the consistency. So I'm I'm a soft yes there too. Duke Duke absolutely believes it. Um, Do they? Yeah. Do they? Yeah. They think they think he's a first round NFL draft pick. There you go. Well, that's that's good info there. Uh, Eric Dungey, Syracuse. <laughs> Hard no. Yeah, I'm hard no too. I'm hard no, but and, and I hate this because he's 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 a, he's been a lot of fun, but he's played a lot of football and he's missed a lot of football. Yeah, and and he's had a lot of concussions. A lot of concussions that makes me nervous. And it's, and I mean, because we're talking about first some- round draft pick, no one's going to spend a first round draft pick on that kind of uh, alarming potential injury history. I also don't think he is a. Um, like, I don't think he has elite arm talent either. I think he's just a scrappy, tough, athletic, accurate guy who just is yeah. So I'm I'm a I'm a hard no there. Um, Ryan Finley. That's your that's your neck of the woods. You're the you're the you're the Finley expert. Yeah. Man, I I kind of feel like it's hard. Yes. Really. Mm-hmm. Can on can develop. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm going soft no, because and and granted, like maybe I just need to see more of him. But I've, to me, he just is a is an efficient quarterback with with nothing really that differentiates him. So, I you know, whenever I've watched him, I've just you know, I've always been I got a pretty good quarterback. Like I've never seen him and been like, man, that guy's special. So I'm going soft no there, but clearly there's a lot of people that agree with you. Yeah, I I think that some of it is uh, the where the the best like he's he has looked I agree he's looked like a an efficient dinker and dunker, but some of that has also been they've had a little bit of an absence of really strong wide receiver play on the outside uh, a need that has really been addressed mostly through player development with guys like Harmon, Kelvin Harmon and Jacoby Myers. Uh, I think they were either freshmen or sophomores last year. And I know they've got an, another uh, young guy who's a freshman who who's starting to play a little bit better. And so with Naheem Hines and Jalen Samuels gone, I think they become the strength. And with that, Ryan Finley has an opportunity to take, you know, the efficiency, the so many passes without an interception, the high completion yeah. percentage. I think when he adds, uh, if he adds, because, you know, we're saying, can he? I think if he adds a pretty good year of pushing the ball down the field to what I think is probably the best group of wide receivers that NC State's had since Tom O'Brien was there, um, then, you know, that's, that's going to be enough. And uh, let me also add this to it. Uh, NC State lost everybody on defense, so yeah. he's going to have plenty of plenty of wide open catch up opportunities to uh, stat pad. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm 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 sticking with my soft no, but I'm I'm I'm, I'm you're you're the more you're the more expert uh, uh, Ryan Finley um, guy. So uh, all the all the voters out there. You may want to listen to Chip here. So, all right. So now we'll go to my my expertise. Uh, Vanderbilt quarterback Kyle Shermer. Hard no. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's yeah, soft no. Yeah, I, I'm a soft no too. I uh, 
I could be though I could maybe be convinced a hard no because I actually think he'll get drafted. Like some people may not realize he's even an NFL quarterback, but he'll I think he'll be an NFL quarterback. I think he'll get drafted. But he's he's a little bit of uh um uh my my linebacker coach in college was the backup to Doug Flutie and uh start the starter when Doug Flutie left and they, there was like a newspaper article uh, that that we always joked to them about that's, that called him Herman Munster in snowshoes, uh, compared <laughs> compared to Doug Flutie. That that's a little bit Kyle Shermer. He's yeah. a little bit Herman Munster in snowshoes, but he's he's very accurate. Uh, he's a big, strong kid. He's got you know his dad's the head coach of the Giants. He's got pedigree, uh, but. Yeah, I think he's I think he's in he's somewhere in the no spectrum because of his limitations. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Arizona State's Manny Wilkins. I'm in the no for first rounder, but I do agree that uh, he's pretty intriguing. I've I've got no idea what to expect from Arizona State offensively next season. Yeah. So I guess I mean I'll say soft no because he's he's got a big arm. Uh, he lost Harry, right? Neil Harry. Nikhil Harry's back. He's back. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Maybe soft. Yeah. Yes. I don't know. Manny Wilkins is. He's probably one of the more uh interesting, at least in terms of me not having any good feel uh of all these names that we've talked about so far. Yeah, I, I think from a from a just pure whatever his raw, what's his raw arm talent like? Like, I'm not sure. I have a great grasp on that. Um, but I would go soft. No. Because of the, because of the, those questions, he's been resilient. He's been he's he's a competitor. I think he's got a lot of good intangibles. But I don't know that it like I'm not sure anyone's ever sort of pulled up an Arizona State game and been like uh, worried about like who who's worried about Manny Wilkins. What defensive coordinator is like ah we got to play Manny Wilkins this week? You know what I mean? Like the- that's I'm not sure that's ever been a statement that's been said so Manny, I'm Manny go. Wilkins might be the replacement level quarterback for college football in 2018 like the perf- might- like the perfect median or the perfect mean like right. like like uh I, I could I could find myself judging quarter starting quarterbacks in college football are you better or worse than Manny Wilkins right no I, I think that's kind of what he's been for like the yeah and I I think that's not far away from what he is this year too so I'm that's so I'm I'm gonna say hard no there. Just a hard for me to envision him, um, but a, but a, but a good quarterback and capable one. But but I'm hard no. Right, and there's and guess what? There are 130 college football teams. There are 65 teams in the Power Five. There are a lot of very good, good starting quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. Uh, like this one, uh, Washington's Jake Browning. Nah. No. Hard. Hard no. no. Hard no. Hard no. I mean, I'm such, and he's he's a good quarterback and a good manager, but he's got a rag arm, and I I don't think he's drafted, like not even first round. I don't think he's drafted next year. And I think people, I think a lot of people look at his numbers and his efficiency, and they assume he's he's an NFL talent. I'm just telling you, he's not. Um, and and I think that Washington's offense in 2019, if if Jacob Eason sort of develops the right way over the next year like that could be you know we keep on this we're on this sort of washington kick where every year we're like you know i'm, I'm predicting them to the playoffs 19 may be their best year yet we'll we'll, we'll see but uh but no i'm a hard no guy. hard no hard no uh i do think he gets drafted i'm not willing to go all the way to undrafted but me thinking he gets drafted is, is sort of paired with the idea that washington's going to be successful and at some point when you're looking at the quarterbacks uh some some team is gonna is gonna take the guy who has what probably he's gonna probably finish with what forty win he's, his career win either you know what he is Barton he's a winner was Kellen Moore drafted yes I know, drafted I know by the a, Cowboys yeah. right I mean I know he had a career a, a decent little career in the NFL but he was drafted let's see uh, he was undrafted Ooh. so he was undrafted like this kid's Kellen Moore I mean Chris Peterson. He's he's you know he may be even a little bit bigger than Kellen Moore, but his arm isn't any better than Kellen Moore's, and I, I could see him going undrafted like Kellen Moore, and maybe having a decent little career in the NFL. Not decent little career, playing in the NFL. Uh, but I just don't think he has the, the NFL tools. 
So I'm. You heard it here first. Uh, Jake Browning will be an All Pac-12 quarterback and go undrafted. Maybe not an All Pac-12 quarterback because we got Justin Herbert and we got this guy, Arizona's Khalil Tate. Despite his success in college, many analysts have doubted Moore's professional potential, especially his relatively small stature, as <laughs> well as his arm strength and mobility. Man, sounds like Jake Browning. I know you. You just. You really uncovered something here. This yeah. is this is this is profound uh, and and unfair, probably a little bit to Jake Browning. But hey, Kellen Moore's one of the most successful college quarterbacks of all time. That's a that's not a bad bar to have. That's right. Uh, any more quarterbacks before we get out of here? Khalil Tate, last one. Khalil Tate. Hard no. Hard no. You can't see Khalil Tate just developing a little bit as a passer and having a Lamar Jackson season and and as things progress towards the the NFL draft like he's a big kid he's athletic as all get out he's like 18 years old or something Oh hold on let me let me change it I'll I'll go to soft no to soft yes and unfortunately it is cuz I can see it happening I just right, let I, the record show you went from a hard no to soft yes well because you're you're talking about <laughs> the ability to put like i don't know man I'm, I'm gonna blame this on lamar jackson fatigue how about that like That's i just scary. i don't i don't want to i don't want to have these change position conversations again yeah though i like like khalil, gonna... khalil tate is ripe for it yeah yeah i mean and 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 look he's he would get it if he was coming out this year then he's he's a much greater candidate to change positions than Lamar Jackson ever ever has been. Um, but if he comes out next year, and it's after a year under Kevin Sumlin, where you would imagine there's going to be uh, a little more pass-friendly element, and he develops a little bit on that front. I, I mean, look, I'm not, I'm certainly not predicting him to be a first rounder. Uh, definitely not next year. But I, I could see a scenario. I'm a soft yes. I could definitely see a scenario to where just – I mean, the kid is a freak. Like, he's a freak talent, and he has a strong arm. So if there's just uh, – you know, well, we, could, we could start talking ourselves into him as, 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 with, with the right kind of progression, the right kind of season. So I think he's a fascinating one to watch. All right. He is a fascinating one to watch. I will add uh, Pac-12 bias – being uh, an- another thing working against him in addition to the Lamar Jackson change position nonsense. And uh, I don't know, you know, like this, this could all turn like, what if, what if uh, Flacco gets hurt and Lamar comes in and wins six games, all of a sudden Khalil Tate's taking 20th. That's right. I mean, You're that's, right. that's not, it's, you know, that's, that is the way I see the world working and for, for reasons, both good and bad, that would be great for Khalil Tate though. So I guess all's well that ends well. Yep. Yep. Uh, um, all right. So here's the deal. We've got a couple more episodes here in May. We're going to get into some burning recruiting questions on a next week's show, as well as uh, we will be unveiling our coach rankings. Spartans and I just turned in uh, our ballots uh, one of the questions that we will have uh, for that podcast will be some of the names that uh, you burned over. But I can can I just get one? Do you do you have your uh, your list nearby or your ballot nearby? I do. Okay. Where? What? Wait, go ahead. No, I, I I thought go ahead. Where did you put our boy Paul Johnson? <laughs> uh. It's amazing how, you know, how perception can change <laughs> in just one year. Because I was all on him as a top 25 coach last year. And I have got him 41st overall this year. We'll talk about this more next week. But it's very easy when you're doing this to slip from like 20 to 45. There's no doubt. Where do you have Paul Johnson? 24. Okay. But yeah. it, I mean like, so I... Yeah, we'll we'll talk into the me- methodology of it uh, next week. But I've got I, there, I've got a lot of thoughts on the coach rankings. Yeah, that'll be that'll be a fun show. 
Cool. Uh, so make sure that you subscribe. We appreciate everybody who subscribes. Give us a review. Rate us. Tell your friends. Make sure you're watching CBS Sports HQ. Follow Barton on Twitter at Barton Simmons. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Barton, thank you very much. Sure.